What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the She Ventures Now podcast. And this one, again, is another special episode because we are rounding out our season talking about singleness. But also this episode, I have another special friend that I'm interviewing. Her name is Sandra Pryor. She is a board certified nurse practitioner practicing currently at the Veterans Affairs Medical Center in the Department of Urology. She's got a bachelor's of science in nursing, a master's of science in nursing, and also recently graduated with her doctoral degree in nursing from the University of Florida. She works part-time with Santa Fe Community College as an adjunct professor, and she's an avid salsa dancer, tennis player, and dog lover. She's currently in a relationship for the past eight months, and she is trusting God to lead the relationship where he sees fit. This one is another great episode for all of you that have been tuning in, and I hope you enjoy it. Okay, let's do it. Hey, Sandra, how are you doing? Hey, girl, how are you? Good. Thanks so much for joining me on the She Ventures Now podcast about singleness. I know it takes some time out of your evening, but I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Okay, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself so everyone knows who you are, how we know each other. Okay, so um, my name is Sandra Pryor. Um, I am a Christian, um, probably the first way I wanted to find myself, a sister. I am a daughter. Um, and I am a nurse. Um, I probably define myself as a nurse. Um, more specifically, I am a nurse practitioner. I have did you get your um, DNP recently. I, have, I did. I finished my DNP just recently. Yeah. Um, yes, I have my doctorate in nursing. That was a long, long journey. Um, so, do you want people to call you doctor now? Um, doctor <laughs> nurse is what I prefer. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering that, like people, women, friends of mine are getting the DNP. I'm yeah. like should I call you doctor or do you not, you know, has that, has that wave in the industry happened where nurse practitioners are wanting to be called doctors because they have their DNP now? Yeah. So I think it's like, I don't know. I think it depends on where you are. Depends on like how receptive the community is that you're in. Um, A lot of the attendings that I work with call me doctor, which is really cool because I don't have to like, you know, correct them. They just do that on their own. And then if you don't call me doctor, I'm not on an ego trip. The lights didn't just go out. It's fine. Like, yeah. you know, um, so it just depends. And if you, if you call me doctor, I'm not going to correct you because it's true. So yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely, lovely, lovely. So why don't we jump right in and you tell us sort of your relationship status and because that's important. Yes. And then go ahead and segue into just a little bit more about your singleness journey. Okay. Um, I am currently dating someone um yes he is wonderful Um, yeah super nice guy um christian kind kind hearted thoughtful he's just fantastic his name is joseph we've been dating for about 10 months nine ten months now yeah um so serious ish um especially when you get to be in your 30s um you don't really want to be dating without intention so um yeah very intentional um, wonderful young man. So I'm dating, I'm in a relationship. Um, and I've kind of been probably dating for the past, I want to call it maybe six years. 
Yeah. I started kind of late, started around 25 is when I officially started, like had my first official boyfriend. Right. So kind of a late bloomer. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Okay. So tell us about maybe one of those moments in your journey where you felt extra single. Has that ever been? Cause you seem oh. to have like, for me, I think one of you have one of the most outgoing personalities that I know. Mm-hmm. And I love that about you. And I think I would never imagine that you had your first boyfriend at 25. Like that would be hard yeah. to believe. Like if we were to play a truth or dare, that would be like, I'd be like, nah, you're lying. You know? Yeah, I know. So my first single moment was when I was at my sister's wedding, my baby sister's wedding. Oh my, so, she's your baby sister? Yeah, she's my baby sister. So oh, wow. my younger sister um, was getting married. She's been married now for, gosh, I want to say four years. Yeah. Five. So, um, I was at her wedding and it was the first moment that I was like, Ooh, Ooh, I'm, I'm very much single. Like <laughs> I have a date here at my like, yeah, it got really real at that moment. Um, that was like the first time that I kind of started going like, I don't, I don't have a partner, you know? Um, and I was just about to start my master's degree. So I've been pretty focused and on like learning a new job and, um, taking my GRE and applying to schools and getting in and all the anxiety and the pressures that come along with that. And I was just kind of like, Hey, take a look around. Like you're not anywhere near being married and your sister's married. Like, yeah, yes. face. It can feel like that. That was my first single like my first moment that I was like, whoa, yeah, pretty single. So not that it was a negative thing per se. Right. Led me into like online dating, just being like, I think I need to like find a mate. Like, yeah. Somebody, can I tag somebody? Like, that's kind of how I felt. How old are you then? Cause you said it was four or five years ago. She got married. So, and so, you're 31. Right? Yeah. So I want to say that was, I'm again, Maybe it was, maybe she's been married for six years, five, six years. Yeah. Um, so that would put me right at 25, right? Yeah. So, okay. yeah. Um, but yeah, I just started realizing that my sister was more grown up than I was. And um, it started kind of setting my mind into thinking, I think I, I need to find someone. So, so you just said something that triggered something inside of me because it's actually, it's a real statement. You were being authentic to that emotion, but did you really feel like she was more grown up just because she got married? Cause I mean, you're like, again, as a friend, you, you're probably one of the most thoughtful, conscientious, mature human beings that I know. Um, and you've, it just seems like you take your life very seriously and the things you're committing to and you're focused on. So yeah. I, tell me about that. Like, did you really feel like she was in an, another tier of adulthood than you or I really did I really did look at my life and start to again here I am going and getting my master's degree so it's not like I wasn't doing anything right I was just sitting at home you know living with my parents or something but no I was I was working as a nurse and I was getting my master's degree and I realized at that point that there was in my mind what I equated a deficit there was (laughs) Yes. Like, you were oh, deficient. I was deficient. In the male department. Yes. Yes. I was, I was missing a partner. Yeah. You know, I felt at that moment. So, um, yeah, that, that's, that's understandable. What, yeah. And that's what prompted, prompted me to start dating period. So it wasn't like, 
I had found someone that had really blown my mind that I just wanted to be with. Um, I think it was more like, I think I need to, I think I need to find a mate, you know, like that's kind of <laughs> what it was <laughs> than anything else. So yeah, just a tangent. I just think it's it's interesting in hearing everyone's response to that question and where it leads to how different, just different women, we come to feel like, oh, I really am ready to date at different moments in our lives. Yeah. You know, it's not like a congruent hard and fast, like after we graduate high school or in college or after college, because we all come to this place of like, no, I think I really want to get married and want to put effort into it different times in our lives. So it's really, yeah. it's really unique. Yeah, you're so right. You're so right. And that was my moment of, you might want to start putting a little bit of time towards it. A little bit, just a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's jump into some just like Sandra's aha moments along the way. Here's why. Pivotal conversations that we've had together. I remember one, I remember going to the gas station and I'm like listening to you trying to make sure I have good signal because you were just like, telling me so much of your heart of like things that you feel um obviously anxiety moments while being single but also like your journey of dating different men and then just dealing with the feelings of being single and that stigma that it carries and i kind of really appreciated that conversation i felt like we really connected but i felt like the aha moments you were sharing were like cool really valuable stuff so i don't know if you remember that conversation but if you can explore some of your aha moments maybe two or three Along the way, that'd be great. So looking at my notes here. (laughs) Such an academic doctor. Dr. Pryor. Dr. Pryor, looking at her notes, referring to her notes. Um, (laughs) I think, I mean, I guess when you're asking for aha moments, you want to know, like, what are those things that I've learned? Yeah, just things you've learned, lessons learned, light bulb moments, epiphanies. Okay. I think one of the big ones that I've learned and I wrote a little bit about on my notes is that there was a point where I just realized that valuing myself yeah. is more important than valuing the person I was with. In the fact that um, when I've been in relationships, I thought the more that I loved this person from what I perceived as love, right? Which is like giving more of myself and being more available and, and, you know, showing him that I love through gestures, grand gestures, and all these things like that. Um, I realized that the more that I prioritize myself, the more that men were drawn to me. Mm. Um, so it was kind of the opposite of what I thought. I thought that if I gave more of myself, then men would be drawn to me. Oh, yes, she's very giving and very kind, and she's so self-sacrificing. No, 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 ladies, that is such a... Yeah. Not, what is it? Misnomer or something? I don't know. Whatever yeah, the word. I know what you mean. It's just, it's just not the truth. Like the more you prioritize yourself and you value yourself, yeah. Well, that men tend to value you, and then the more that they actually respect you, like it becomes a matter of respect. I did not yeah. realize that respect was just as important for females as it is for males. Um, it is important that women be loved. I would agree. But it is, I think, important to be respected because I think the love comes through that. I love that. I like that a lot because that self-care element is huge. I think sometimes we forget that in our quest to be wedded and married and wife and mother, you know, feel like, you know, our identity is wrapped up, like you said, in being the, the, I guess, the poster woman of self-sacrifice. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's really interesting. And I love that that you mentioned it. It's something yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Totally see that in my own life too. Yep. And like, I know this is not like super Christian and, and I wrote this in my notes as well. Like this book that actually really helped me, um, which I know again is such a terrible, it's, it's the book, why men love bitches. Um, <laughs> Please like, share. Oh my God. It's so good. Like, it's so good. I just was not expecting the book. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. I wasn't really expecting you. I probably should have burned that by you before the Oh my gosh. I just, she's like, I, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Your face too was so adorable. I'm just going to say it, but go ahead. Tell me what you got out of it. Like, so this book, and I, I just wrote on here, like, it's not Bible. Like, please do not, like, no. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, You're all dope like, it was this really great book because I was dating this guy. He broke my heart. Um, it was the hardest thing to get away from him and, like, break our relationship. But I just saw that it wasn't going anywhere productive. Um, and so I ended it. And when you have these relationships, I feel like there's an element of relationship shame when you guys break up, right? So, like, you're like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I keep a man? Why are all my relationships falling apart? And so my dad kind of coined this term, like, it's like you have, like, breakup shame. Like, you know, not like, thank the Lord, I got away from this guy that, like, wasn't great. You're like, yeah, me? Why can't that's I- really, that's an awesome dad right there. No, seriously. Yeah. No, it was so- like to the left, Beyonce. To the yeah. Left. Done. yeah, no, he was just like, next, like, don't have that shame. Like, you were blessed that that didn't work out. So whenever you have a relationship like that, you're kind of in the dumps. You really have to work on picking yourself up. But I was talking to a hairdresser, right? And of course, hairdressers get the best conversations because you yes. just spill. Oh you my gosh. Spill. As they're putting highlights in your hair, you're spilling, you know? So I'm like going on about this guy and I'm telling her what I did. And I'm like, I did this. And I just wanted to show him how much I cared about it. And she's like, honey, you need to read this book while I'm in love. Jeez. And I'm like, what? And she's like, you need to read the book because you're doing this all wrong. And I'm like, oh my God. So I read this book and it is fantastic. I mean, (laughs) like I literally like read it within like two days. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm doing everything wrong. Like, and part of it, I feel like because I dated so late, my mom was pushing me like, go get education. I had children young without education. I want nothing more for my daughters to be strong, independent, educated women. And so I was that. But the problem was that while dating, it was the one area of my life that I didn't feel like I was very successful in. Like, why am I not good in this area? So I think that part of that book took some of the blinders off my naivete. and was just like, hey, you're really naive in this area. You need to get it together and start prioritizing yourself because men are drawn to a woman who says, I'm going to take care of me always. So don't worry. And so I thought, okay, that's good. And then she writes, and don't stop doing that. Even if you get married, even if you're married, like always have the idea that you're always looking out for yourself. Now, again, this does not mean you don't prioritize your husband. This does not mean you don't prioritize your family. But part of that is going to the gym and taking care of yourself and letting your husband know, I'm going to prioritize my health. Or, you know, hey, I need a spa day or whatever it is that you communicating your needs and you're communicating, I want you to respect me as a person in the work that I do. 
Um, and the book was really good for that. And I can even read, I actually brought the book up. I have it here. But one of the first principles that she writes in the book is anything a person chases in life runs away. Dude. Anything you chase in life runs away. So don't go chasing men. Like you go, go, you go get busy doing you girl and they'll chase you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so these principles that she has are really great because it shows that women that aren't so caught up in getting married, that's not their primary goal. At the time that they realize that they're content and happy in their singleness because they are complete on the, in and of themselves, then the men recognize that inside of them. Mm-hmm. And they want to be with a woman that's like, I'm complete without you. I want you, but I don't need you. So I'm not saying I don't need my boyfriend. I do. He's a wonderful person. I want him in my life. But I know what I'm capable of doing on my own. Right. And there's, there's definitely a need for, for that to be echoed over and over again. I mean, I think I, I think that so similar to you, I came from a home where my mom and dad, uh, I don't know about your parents yet, but I came from a home where my mom instilled in me the value of being independent, mm-hmm. taking care of myself financially, taking care of myself spiritually, taking care of myself physically. Done. Like she definitely was somebody who heralded and championed me getting my degree, me, me just knowing how to make decisions on my own, whatever, moving on with my life. Yeah. But I didn't get much instruction on how to date or how to attract a man. There was like this big void that becomes glaringly more apparent and subtle. Like in my 20s, I'm like, wait, I feel like there's something I'm missing. Yeah. But one thing that I saw growing up, and I think it's a mixture of me embracing what my mom was saying about becoming an independent woman and sort of not waiting on a man to take care of me. Yeah. I saw friends who were male hungry like growing up high school, college, post-college, and they got married. (laughs) And I remember feeling like, hmm, I just remember feeling like at first it was more like, hmm, I don't want to do it that way. Like, that's just not going to be me. And then literally my heart shifted around 25, 26 to being like, nah, man, I was supposed to be male hungry. (laughs) I was supposed to get married. So I'm just saying like, I feel, I feel this tension of like, Yes, and then at the same time, like literally, you can like count on one hand. Count on one hand. My friends in college, the ones, it's so bad to say that they were male hungry, but the ones that put it, like I wouldn't get married, they did. You yeah. Know? To which I, I guess I only say that as a as a soft pushback of like, I don't know. There, I don't know the mystery of it all because I feel like women who were not content with singleness got married. Yeah, and they got good marriages too. They weren't like sloppy, just over anyone. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know, I think that probably that that technique works for some women. And I don't. Did you chase men? Is what? Did you chase men? I don't feel like you did. No, no, I didn't. I was never a girl that my sister or I were never women that. Again, I I didn't start my first boyfriend. Like boyfriend was eighteen. Um, and my first relationship wasn't until I was, like I said, 25. So I was not chasing men. I was not interested really in being married because I felt like my goals were more important than, um, than being married. And then I realized at some point I wanted to be married because that was a part of the package that I thought I wanted out of life. Um, and so it, for me in relationship, I realized that 
I didn't prioritize myself in relationships. Like I was prioritizing myself in other areas. So this book helped define for me what I needed to be doing for myself in relationships, not necessarily to be a man hater or to want to eat up men and, you know, treat them bad for all the men that have hurt me. But I think like, for me, it was a matter of Sandra, you're, you're coming really strong because you think that this is what you do for your doctorate, for your master's, you commit, you go all in, you wow. everything aside. Full you know? circle. Wow. Yeah. And then I just realized, no, no, like you keep your eyes on what you need to keep your eyes on. And eventually something's going to pull your, your gaze over and then you're going to go, okay, I see you. You're cute. Whatever. Back to my goals. I'm still doing me. I'm doing me. Okay. Well, he's shining a lot more. And so now I got to look again. So you look over again and now you're looking next, you're looking at somebody and you're like, okay, you do realize that I'm, I'm, I'm a woman that's complete and I don't need you, but you know, <laughs> nice. that's kind of how I've started dating in the past couple of years. And it's been really good for me because I feel like I'm myself, like truly myself. And then I can allow him to see who I really am. So oh, man, that is beautiful. That's really good. And I feel like I really want to read that book too, especially because I'm trying to still finish a course and really yeah. start one and uh, put some good advice out there for single women. Yeah. I mean, she has in the back of her book, the attraction principles, but one of the ones that I also like is she writes, um, it's your attitude about yourself that a man will adopt. And I'm like, dang, like how I see myself is how he's going to view me. Yeah. Again, this is not what she, what I love about the book too, is that she does not say that this is a prescription for everyone getting married. This is a prescription for how to be this woman always. And there are times where I was dating and I would like come back and just read it. I'm like, act like a prize and you'll turn him into a believer. You know who you are. (laughs) Come on, come on, you know? And so like, even as things were like falling apart and the relationship wasn't going right, I knew who I was. This is okay. I'm a child of the Lord. I am blessed. I am provided for. If I'm meant to be married, my husband will come. I know who I am. Like you can take these principles and, and set them up against biblical principles and help that kind of bolster your ideals so that you are confident. Yes. 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 I love it. No, that's good. I really like, what's the author's name? So her name is Sherry Argos. R-A-R-G-O-B. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't agree with her principles on sex. As a believer, I don't agree with them. Yeah. Um, she does talk a little bit about that from a secular standpoint. Um, but again, I mean, I kind of brush that off. It's not really involved in my relationship. So, um, but the other concepts towards like, again, self-improvement, um, kind of the self, um, self-enjoyment in a sense that like you just enjoy what you're doing. So yeah. like, that'll just come out of you. And if that's in service or volunteer work or whatever it is that you're passionate about, go get, go do those things because yeah. if you do those things and you're happy. That's, that's so cool. I know for me, one of the biggest um, aha moments from no book, just from me, just realizing like this can, I cannot put my life off Yeah. until like, like 
waiting for marriage. I cannot do this. It doesn't make sense. Year after year after year after year, I cannot do this. I started realizing it's partly self-care that I have to treat myself like I would want my spouse to treat me. Like I have to do that now. Marry yourself, you know, like that kind of mentality because it was something in me that said, no, I missed, you know, you kind of get into that lull of I'm missing something. He's not here. I'm still single. And you feel because of all of these cultural amores that we believe, you feel like, okay, I can't celebrate my life because usually I celebrate a wedding. I'm celebrating a, 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 a bridal shower. I'm celebrating an anniversary. I'm celebrating having sex. I'm celebrating all these different things you know, when I'm married and I can't, I can't celebrate anymore because I'm not married yet. And it's just, they're just, they're just imaginary boundaries we place on ourselves for no reason. And so I've kind of had to learn just stop waiting to love yourself. Yeah. You know, outside of the typical, of course I need to, you know, worship the Lord and receive his love and receive grace. But I think those things are so sometimes abstract that we forget that it's not going to come always through a spouse. It's not going to come. Oh, the inter- internet connection is slow down, but if you can still hear me. I can hear you. Okay, great. I think sometimes we've got to manifest love for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like we're our best partner, our spouse to be. Absolutely. And I think that if you have that mindset that you're describing right now, you're going to date out of that. It's going to come across. They're going to pick up on what mantra is in your head. Do you know what I'm saying? And so changing that mantra in my mind is really what helped me to a certain degree, exactly what you're describing. Because when I was dating, there was this pressure of like, you got to get married. You got to, you know what I'm saying? And so I think one of the things actually you said to me one day, which I thought was just really poignant, you were just like, have fun, enjoy this. And I was like, (laughs) oh my God, like here I am, like I'm doing it again. I'm analyzing, psychoanalyzing, overanalyzing, and I just need to enjoy myself. Like, there's I say that to myself too. I appreciate when you said that to me. It was such a great moment. It's probably the day that we were at the gas station that you yeah. said that. Um, because I, I totally agreed with you. I was like, I just need to have fun. Like, I don't need to, you know. Yeah, it, it's something I had heard because I was doing the same thing, right? Like you, you get these yeah. epiphanies about life and they're super simple, but it's like profound because you're like, oh, that's right. It's supposed to be simple. I was, uh, I was mulling over a guy that I was dating with a, a friend of ours, a friend of mine. I don't know if you know the Desiree Shore, Desiree and oh, Ian. I do. Orlando. So they're awesome. And yeah. um, they had met in college and gotten married like their last year. And it was great because yeah. they got to go to their wedding and see the progression of their life together. It was great. But yeah. I was talking to Ian because I wanted some male advice about this guy I'm dating. I'm dating him. And I'm like, I can't read him. Like, I can't. Is he coming or going? Does he want to date me? Is he like here? Is he not? Do you want to do this long distance thing? And are you serious? Or are you like playing yeah. with me? And I was, I'm literally spouting out to Ian, like all these over analytical thoughts. Ian's like, listen, if dating is not fun, you're uh, doing it wrong. Yeah. You're doing it wrong. And I remember being like, mm, yeah. <laughs> like you know how those ways like, oh, right. Like, it's not supposed to be this. It's not supposed to be this marathon of consternation. Like, I don't think that that's how. And even yeah. now, because I have had to, I've had to recognize that a lot of college and certain personalities that was around, especially during my spiritual formative years, were over analytical, you know, like they really had, they just, certain personalities and just the way that I thought 
that I needed to be as a Christian. I need to overanalyze everything to see yeah. if it fit into yeah. God's criteria of righteousness and like how biblical it was, how righteous, how pure, how awesome it was. And I had to s- sort of kind of over the years, stop, <laughs> like stop, literally stop, you know, because the enjoyment of the mo- enjoyment of life was like severely impeded. Like I could not enjoy you know, getting to know someone. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. So even dating online, I had to let go of like what super church girls thought about dating online. I was just like, look, stop. I can't. I have to let that go. Because so my two most successful relationships I've met, met online. Men that really? I've met in the church. And I'm, I think I remember you saying that. And I remember feeling like, see, like in my back of my mind, I'm like, see. Yeah. No, like it's totally possible, and it's it's commonplace now. It's not taboo anymore. Pe- people yeah. need to stop, you know. Yeah. So that's yeah. actually one of one of, again going back to my notes here. It's one of the things that I wrote because I felt like, you know, my longest relationships have come from those, and it was just a greater, like a better way to sift through like who somewhat even remotely identifies with Christ and doesn't. Like, yeah, calm. I'm getting like everyone, and I'm like, gotta sift through like, do you even like proclaimed it of the Lord like yeah you know so that I felt like was a way to kind of like funnel like break down even more I mean you're gonna meet and that was another aspect I kind of wrote about was just I feel like the Christian label for young girls that's like the biggest joke ever like that Christian label you know like when they write on their name like just you know Joseph you know so so I'm five nine I'm 155 pounds, religion, Christian, you know, like it's like a thing. And then whenever you ask them questions, you find out like, what, what are you doing with your life? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. some really shady stuff, bro. You know? So like that label, I feel like is something that we just need to be discerning about. Like, yeah, it's very true. Yeah. And it's, it can be, it can be really disconcerting. It's, it's, it's hard. To put it, because I know sometimes I'm just like, this is how, this is how I've settled that point. I don't know. I don't think people, this is me giving people the benefit of the doubt. I don't think people set out to be deceitful in saying that they're Christian online. I've recognized that if you come from a really strong church, that's big on discipleship, which I'd say we did. Yeah. Um, we are heavier in discerning growth and maturity in the Lord and in doctrine and et cetera. So yeah. it's really hard. It's, it's just a, it's just a high, it's just a, uh, a stronger filter that we have then on like, what's real Christian. What's not. Yeah. yeah. So I've had to like learn the, like, not, not that I'm like, you know, oh, well, you know, dismiss that. But sometimes I've realized like people aren't being deceitful. They're just saying, they're just filling in a blank. And saying yeah. what culturally closest to, you yeah. know. So right. No, that's a really great way to describe it. It's not, it's, I don't necessarily know if it's an intentional thing. I think for me, the part was just sifting through what that looks like for every person. Yeah. And, it's, and, it, and it can be a weird, a weird wide variety. Like I totally agree with you. Exactly. And so for me, I think again, with the naivete of kind of starting later, being a later bloomer to the scene of really getting to know a man. Yes, yeah, um, I think that understanding that spectrum was a shock to me. I was like, "Oh, wait a minute! You're a Christian, but you've had 50 sexual partners." Okay, like that's 
Um, as the same guy that's like, I'm Christian and I haven't slept with anyone. Yeah. That is where I, I'm, I'm holding on to that till I'm married. Like there was a spectrum, you know, like, yes. So that for me was a shock because I was like, we're not all the same. Like we don't all same tenements we and don't you know what too this is this is where i feel like another layer of grace i had to like learn to lay on this whole yeah. journey of meeting men is like a lot of <laughs> i'm sure it's like the back of my mind i'm like i feel like the guys could probably say this about women but a lot of the christian men that i know i, I kind of you know matured with yeah. in the 20s the more i got to know them the more weird they were but like the weird the quirkiness the idiosyncrasies the hypocrisies the pride it it just I was like wow like and you know in one sense I kind of got a little angry on the inside and was like okay and this is be one of them there are some men that literally Christian they just and there be black men that would just be like no you're not light-skinned enough and I just be like well dang Oh, yeah, I mean, like, dog, okay, this is what I'm dealing with. And there are a lot of them. And, then, and you can't knock that. It's like, well, that's unbiblical. Well, I I'm not going to knock the man for wanting to marry and like, like, there's just that in the community. That's, that's what's, wow. that's what people, you know? And so I've had to realize like, okay, and or, or there'd be Christian men who, like, are you sanctified enough? How about that? Don't be worried about my skin color. Exactly. Are you sanctified? Thank right. you. <laughs> I'll just um, that'd be the spin around on that. Yeah. Or, you know, just dealing with and learning about how manipulative some Christian men were. In the, it, it, and those are the things that I had to grapple with and kind of chew up, digest, pray about, have grace on, and realize, okay, it's not all Christian men. It's yes. Not, you know what I mean? Because that, that literally jarred me for a minute yeah. and I was like Jesus yeah I think one of the questions that you also gave us regarding what we had to learn and embrace about men that has changed how we've treated men right so I've kind of described like the Girl, sh- I didn't even ask that question but that's great oh I thought it was really good because I I wrote that men are people like that's what you're describing that as you get to know them you realize they're just as screwed up as you. They're just as screwed up as the person next to them. Yeah. It's different and special to them. Like everybody's got a thing. And everyone has got a thing. That's like a quote. You should That's what my dad always tells me. He's told me that since I was a kid. Sandra, everybody has a thing. And if you're lucky, you just have one. I love that. <laughs> love that. If you're lucky, oh you must have one. I don't know why, but I love your dad. I need to meet him. Oh, no. My dad is a like, wonderful You man. need to like have a ghost tweet or a, a ghost Twitter account called Sandra Dad Quotes. Because <laughs> they're amazing. <laughs> those, those alone could go right, go viral. Like oh, he's, he's brilliant. Everybody's he's got brilliant. a thing. And if you're lucky, you got one. Like so, that is cool. Yeah. But it's, a, isn't it interesting, right? Like, Seven years ago, would that Sandra have said that? No, no. Exactly. So because she thought men needed to be Jesus. They're not, they don't that's, need to be Jesus. That's an aha moment. Let's talk about that. Go ahead. They don't need to be Jesus, girl. They just need to want to look like him. Like, <laughs> that's what they need, right? They don't got to be Jesus. They don't got to come in here walking on water. No. They come in here changing water to wine. They don't need to do that. They just need to want to look like the Lord, okay? And that was what I started to shift my focus on. Are you a man 
that wants to look like Jesus? Do you have characteristics of Christ? And I have dated men where I have literally thought, this can't be good. Like, this can't be God's goodness. Like, I knew that because I was like, if this man looked anything like you, I would feel like I was with you. And I don't think I feel, I don't feel that way. You know, and when you date a man that is following the Lord, he's supposed to display aspects of Christ. You're supposed to display aspects of Christ as a woman. But there's aspects very different that God has imposed on a man that when they are demonstrated, it is nothing short of Jesus that's in that man when you see it. So that was a big one. And then I wrote, people need grace. And I've learned to have to extend grace for sins, right? I have, I have a past. Everyone has a past. And as my boyfriend says, it gives us experience. It gives us something to go, we don't ever want to do that again. Or we don't want that to happen. Or we want to do that because that was good and positive. And so it doesn't have to be shame. It, there could be a lot of grace in your past. And there can be an element of learning from your past to do things better. Um, and so I think that's a really great perspective to have instead of shame, guilt, um, over past mistakes and errors. It's just pouring grace on people because that's what we're called to do. Grace pourers. I like that. Yeah. And then the last thing that I wrote is a lot about motive, like motives, like the motives of the heart, I think have become a lot bigger of a thing for me. Like not just like, I want to know the why behind why you're doing things, not necessarily like what you're doing. Like, why do you do that? Like for someone to kind of walk through like their mind yeah. is really important. Yeah. I don't know why, but I've just realized that sometimes the why is more important than what, because I found guys doing really great things. And when you ask why they're doing it, it's not because they love God or love people. They just checking off boxes, you know, and wow. why wow. was really important. Wow. And then lastly, my friend, honesty, 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 honesty. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you're dealing with if you're not honest with me. And I would Mm -hmm. rather journey through someone's honesty, like what they're going through, their struggles, their sins, and know what I'm dealing with than for someone to be faking it, pretending like they got it all together and they're sweet and they're cool and they're funny and they're holy and they're this and they're that. And you find out there's a whole nother world. Like, dang, preach a message. Sandra, preach that message. Like everyone has issues. I have my share. And when you make it, when you make the, you take the blinders off, you open up the light, you turn the lights on, you let somebody see, you allow them to enter in on your struggle and be a support. And if you are keeping it to yourself and you're not allowing people in, and you're going to be alone. And eventually I'm always going to be on the out. I'm never going to be in that with you. Yeah. And so I just don't think that's good. Or that's my thought process. So those are some of the things I thought. Those are some ahas that I've yeah. kind of encountered. Those are really heavy. I love it. Those are dense. That's what I meant to say. They're like protein. I like it. Yeah. Seriously. You're like one of the few. <laughs> All right. So you ready for rapid fire questions? Yes. Go rapid fire. Okay. Number one, as for terms, which one do you prefer using, dating or courting? Oh, dating. Yeah? Yeah, let's call, it, let's call it what it is. We're dating. Okay, I love it. Number two, do you feel like single people are neglected in the church? Yes. 
Okay. Yes. You want to expound? Um, single older adults are... How old, though? Like our age, basically? Yeah, like late 20s, early 30s. There's like, we're in a weird spot. Everyone normally in our age group is married, so they're the married group, right? Or they're having kids, so they have like marriage retreats. Like, where are the single late 20, 30 retreats? There's none of those. You should get us together. We might like maybe together, you know, or like, yeah, you know. yeah, it's, it's so, not that hard either. <laughs> not. We got nothing to do. We're just sitting at oh home, gosh. Netflix and chilling. So, right, oh, not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. So, All right. Yeah, I feel like they're a little affected. <laughs> number three, do looks matter or no? Oh, good question. Like for dating? Yeah. Well, I mean, yes, you want to be attracted to who you're looking at, right? Like if yeah. you you don't get like a little like, ooh, <laughs> you're so cute. Like if you don't get that, you're dating the wrong guy. Like you're dating the wrong guy, period. I like it. But it's not the guy. Got it. I'm glad Joseph does that for you. Uh, <laughs> number four, your opinion, the top priority for every single woman. I think you probably answered this, but the top priority in your opinion for every single woman is? Prioritize yourself first. Nice. Number five, what's the worst or funniest meme on singleness that you've seen so far? So I saw this meme that was a guy sitting there and like really <laughs> sad and like desolate. And he's like, I'm 30 and my parents are still my emergency contact. No, <laughs> I saw that too. That was hilarious. It hit home. I was like, Ooh, I can totally relate to that. So every time I write my emergency contract, I'm like, mom and dad, you know, like, <laughs> you can't help it. Like literally you're, you're like, dang, that is so my life. <laughs> so, so then I said that to my mom and then she wrote back, you're lucky you have parents. And I was like, well, yeah. you're so right. <laughs> yes. Very true. So anyway. Yeah, mommy, mommy prior is very yeah. on point. Um, she found those breaks real quick. <laughs> All right. Next one. Number six. Uh, would you prefer being married at 20 or single until 30 than married? Single until 30. I'm sorry. Single until 40 and then married. Oh, sorry. Single until 40. Yeah. I would say single until 40. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Explain that one. Just curious. So the reason why I say that is because I know this is so cliche, but I feel like I know who I am better now than I do. I did at 20. And okay. I had this feeling that I only know myself even better in my forties. And so if I were to get married in my forties, it would be because I was with someone that I really felt like I was supposed to be with even bypassing having children. Like I just would bank on that. And then also Amal Clooney's like 39 and she married George Clooney. Like girl, if that's not worth waiting till 40, what is like, she's a lawyer, she's accomplished. And then boom, like she spits out tw like twins at 39 and she's married to George Clooney. Like, I mean, I don't know. That's they didn't break up. I could have sworn there was like rumors they were divorcing. Oh, they just had twins. Like, two wow, that's really cool. I, yeah. I gotta keep up. Yeah. So I don't know. I would say I'd rather wait and know myself really well and get married to someone knowing who I am than be 20, still growing in my personality, outgrow my spouse. Like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I think I'd rather want that. 
Okay, interesting. Number seven, which one is it? Not enough single eligible men or not enough women looking in the right area? Oh, good question. So I heard this quote and I know that it's really messed up, but I love it. I'm becoming the man I want to marry. <laughs> I heard this quote so, too. It was actually an e-card. It's is that an e-card? Like a meme e-card. Oh. One of the ones that have like a pastel color background and then like a cartoon figure and then a yeah. That's what that was. I love it. I love it because I feel like there's an element of Christian society where the women are just becoming these super great women that could also be super great men. (laughs) And I just kind of wish that like, Oh, that makes me awkward just a little bit. I just, yeah, I'm kind of like, dang it. Like we're becoming the men we want to marry. And so I kind of feel like there's a call for men to step up and leadership and just be those men that are able to lead these women that have been like, listen, where you been? I've been busy, you know, like I've been doing stuff that they can just come in and be like, all right, girl, I got you. Let's go, you know, and kind of, cause we want to have relationships. It's not like we want to be strong women. We, we want to be, you know, which we can be strong women and still be married, but you know, we want to be captured women, I guess is the word to say. I don't know if that's a word, but we want to be captured women. So it's like when you do come just being strong Um, and that's something that I feel like every guy needs to hear. Um, so to answer your question, I want to say there's not enough eligible men. That is what I want to say. Yeah. Okay. It's sometimes it's hard to like pick one. I get it. Because there are really great guys, Mm -hmm. but then I look around and I'm like, dang, I wish that there were more men rising up to some of the levels that I watch a lot of my friends girlfriends getting to you know Mm, so number eight arranged marriages or no I actually told my dad all the time he could totally arrange a marriage for me I had no problem with it my dad is you know he's legit he's 100% all the time so I felt like he could totally pick for me um why didn't he you know, honestly, he likes Joseph, so I'm, like, happy with that. Like, if he likes who I'm dating, because he's told me when he hasn't liked who I date, I will have dated. So he actually likes the guy that I'm dating, so I'm taking that and I'm running with it. Okay. Um, but I think that it's been what I just said. Actually, I said that to him a couple weeks ago. I said, Dad, a lot of my girlfriends are becoming the men that they want to marry. And he was like, dang, that was deep. And I was like, really? Like, you messed with me? He's like, no, that was really deep. Like, I've noticed that as well as a father with an, a daughter wanting to be married, I have been looking around and I have been disappointed at the generation that you're in. Like, that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. I think that for the guy that I'm dating, I think one of the biggest things that I'm impressed with is that he's someone I can admire and truly have respect for and instill respect in my kids. If we were to have kids uh, yeah. for him and what he's done in his yeah. life in every period of his life because he is he is you know older than me so it's one of those things where i i can feel that though because even as a in my 20s one of the things my father said to me which is really interesting fathers man you got to talk to them about the f- stuff really do. yeah right after my grandmother passed away two three years ago and we were talking about we were making funeral arrangements and we're sitting there and we're talking and I was kind of giving them the rundown on different things that I was planning on pivoting and doing mm-hmm. since her death just her death kind of caused a lot of it's like smelling salts right it kind of wakes you up like I gotta do some stuff mm-hmm. and I said to my parents when I was going to go get a master's degree and two that 
I would be spending less time in church, like doing a lot of stuff in church because I had just helped plant Greenhouse South Florida. She passed and it was kind of like, I'm stepping away. I need off. This is like, this was like tipping point for me, her passing. And my dad says to me, he's like, you know what? You have done well to have friends who are, my dad is, he is a Christian, God-fearing, but he's not a, not like a disciple. He's like, yeah. you've done so well. I'm so impressed with the level of friends that you have that are moral and involved in the church. He's like, but at the same time, I never felt like intellectually you had a comparable male on your level. He was like, and I don't, he was like, I don't know what it is, but I think you going back to school, you're going to find someone. I think your husband's going to come out of that. Interestingly enough, that's when I met my, my boyfriend now. And yeah. I was like, wow, that's so cool how that happened. Yeah. yeah. But I, I can totally relate to feeling that somewhere, somewhere, you know, that there wasn't guys that were like, that meant eye to eye, mm-hmm. you know, especially in the guy department of things we need them yeah. to do. You know what I mean? Like provide, you need to provide that can't yes. not be there. Um, or be yeah. in the direction of getting that, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, I, I think your dad, that's it's your, that quote, that observation is so true. So true. Yeah. Equal to that though, let me just say this kind of the stuff that I've been reading from books that I've read. I think sometimes even in us becoming the man, because I, I recognize this in my own soul and journey. Yeah. We have got to tap into our femininity always over and over again no matter how much the androgyny rises up because we have to meet the day like meet the needs of the day and put on our game faces and go out there and work yes create create the home life that we want for ourselves despite not being married i think we definitely have to revert back to or or replenish feminine energy whatever that means you know because i've kind of explored some books on singleness i'm like this is something that can repel men when you like they're coming off. They, when they sense masculine energy, that's a turnoff. Yes. You know? Oh, it's, it's interesting. It's so, it's so interesting to talk about this stuff and like, here's someone that gets it too, you know, because that's that I definitely see that mm-hmm. you can't find yeah. someone on your same level. And then at the same time, it's like the same coin of it. You, you want to be more feminine to. Yes. You're totally right. And the femininity that you're describing, I think is relinquishing a certain amount of control, right? Like when you're a woman that's like making decisions all day long and you have, you know, your little world and you're building up your little empire, like you're in control. And so letting a man come into your life and kind of relinquishing that control, men like that, that's just how they're wired. And so you've got to learn to kind of give that up and just be like, I gotta, I gotta let that go. Like, I got to let you go and change the light bulb. Even though I know it's going to take you three hours, I could do it in 30 minutes. I got to let it go. You know, like these are things that you got to do, girl. Like you just got to do it. Uh, You know? (laughs) Being soft will allow your men not to be aggressive with you. Right. And so you want to be kind of softer. And for me, as Joseph has poured love on me, I know that it has softened my heart in a lot of ways. And he's even said it. He's even said it. Like I, I can just tell that as I have been in your life, you've gotten 
gooey and more softer. And <laughs> yeah. no, like you're just kind of. He like, said that to you. Yes, he did. He did. That is so funny. Yeah, yeah. I see the same thing with me. I mean, like, I can't. How can you not, man? You, you yeah. like. You get all mushy on the inside. It's great. It's a great, yeah. wonderful feeling. And I, 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 I straight up treasure it because I, w- I, wanted, I wanted this earlier on in life. It's weird. In one sense, you're like, I wanted this earlier on in life. And then in another sense, I'm like, man. Would you uh, have it? Would you have? Exactly. I don't know. That was what you would have needed to do. Or like, I don't think, again, I think my education in that area was poor. And I don't, I think that some girls get that coaching. They get coached get married, find the guy. They get that coaching from their parents. And they I, get also, I have to acknowledge, I was very afraid of men growing up. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't want to, men are just going to, you know, take advantage of me or just, I'm going to get pregnant and have a kid out of wedlock. And like, yeah, I'm gonna be that, that I don't want to be a statistic in the church where it's like you, you're the church girl that got pregnant. So now you're in, you're a symbol of shame. I don't want that. And I kind of was like, I'm not going to be that person. So not feeling good, not receiving balanced education about how to embrace. <laughs> yeah. I just went into college like tunnel vision. I came here for my degree. Yeah, but I was naively just like, yeah. you know, enjoy college. Nothing to try to force myself in or nothing. I just did not have, uh, I think my parents always wanted me to be very focused and they didn't want me to veer off because of love and they really wanted me to be economically stable mm-hmm. so uh why they thought that that had to happen you know years later i don't know but yeah you know all of all of our upbringing shape who we are how we think and how we come to or approach love and so it is what it is i don't fault them for it though i think our parents did do the best that they can do and you know the chips fall where they may so really quick and just to kind of go back to my book i know that's a terrible book, like title but it's a great premise when you appear softer and more feminine, you appeal to his instinct to protect. When you appear more aggressive, you appeal, you appeal to his instinct to compete. So, yes. dang, girl. Dang. Spend some time. I'm telling you, the book is legit. But, like, if you are aggressive, a man is going to want to meet that. That's just how they're wired. Mm-hmm. But if you are softer and you're more feminine, whatever those characteristic traits that you have or don't have, um, or are trying to get, you will bring out a side of him that he just wants to protect you. And so that makes you even more gooey and the cycle just keeps going. And it's just good. So anyway, that's the book that goes along to what you're saying. I'm backing you up hundred percent. Wait, so that segues great into the last question, which I think you already yeah. knew the answer. What is the book that you recommend to the She Ventures tribe and why? Oh gosh. Why men love bitches. I love that. <laughs> I just, love oh, it. just go. I just see you saying that like in a small group. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <reading> this book <laughs> wasn't even the book. Well, I meant the yeah. bitches, man. Oh, really? I'm sorry, Tim Keller, John Piper, Tim Keller. Oh, like, I, <laughs> oh gosh, that is so funny. So, like, those are that's one of the books. I actually have other books that are actually like biblically based as well. I love Sacred Marriage by um, Gary Thomas. I love. I totally believe in the scientific aspect behind marriage as well. So I like a book by John Gottman. Um, it's titled the, um, I'm so sorry, I should have had it ready. Um, it's called the seven principles for making a marriage work by John Gottman. He's actually somebody that can predict at like a 91 or 94 percentile marriage working or not working. So I'm a total fan of like reading about why marriages fall apart and why they're good. And 
why they work. And then when I'm dating, like looking for those characteristics in a man, that's like, oh, he said that was good. Like he said that that was like a positive thing. And so one of the things I also wrote in my notes that I wanted to share with you was I found that my attraction to men changed. It wasn't so much about how you looked, like how tall are you? Are you six one? Are you like, yes, now you're lit. You're 200 pounds. You're a big man. Like I started looking for how do you fight? How do you get angry? How do we repair when we're angry? And I started looking for characteristics, in my opinion, that mattered more than how tall you were. But whenever you're angry and you're upset with me, how do we repair our relationship and come back together in unity? It's really deep. So I, I wanted to share that, that my, as I've gotten older, I've learned that those things are more important than how tall you are or how much money you make or whatever. Like, do you just, are you, are we able to do this thing called life? Are we able to do it? Can we live our lives together? Are you so much work that you're exhausting or do you feel like rest? Um, That's good. So. I know for me, it's been really, this is the tough feelings of what makes a guy, what makes me attracted to a guy. Does he feel like home? That's mm-hmm. not to say he is home like family, like where I came from. Yeah. Like where I'm headed. Dang. Like home. That's a, you know what I mean? It's like this inner compass and intuition now that we're, now that we're older women and we kind of have a better understanding of who we are, which is important. Cause I think when we're younger, obviously, I mean, not to say people get married with dumb thoughts about marriage. I mean, they get counseling too, but I think when we're younger, we are like, is there chemistry and the basics? Is it bananas? Is it fireworks? How good does he look? Like how cute can we look to other people? And more now I'm like, no, does this person remind me of home where I'm headed, you know? And if he doesn't, then why am I with him? You know, why? Yeah. And so it's just, I love this book. And I, I think that seven principles for making a marriage work is what the name. Yep. Okay. Out too. Yeah. No, it's, it's very scientific, which I liked because I, be, I do believe in the spiritual aspect and I read books I pour over books like sex and the soul of a woman is another book that I love about oh, how yeah. women are. Do you have that book? Yeah. It's a fantastic book. It, sex and the soul of a woman. So good. Is that the same one? I don't know if that's the same one. Oh, so this is just sex and the soul. Oh, interesting. Donna Freitas. Yeah, no, mine is um, love and respect is another good one by Dr. Eggers. Eggerich. Yeah. Sex and the Soul, Paula Reinhardt is the author of the book that I read, Sex and the Soul. Oh, interesting. Very good. Um, so yeah, these are just some, some books that I've read. I've, like I said, I've read Christian books, non-Christian books. Um, they all have their benefit and they all bring a different aspect. Um, but yeah, I would say sometimes the scientific, oh, and you talked about, you know that book, The Emotionally Healthy. Healthy. Oh, dang, that book is... Fuego. Really? Did you read it? it? I loved it. Oh my gosh. Like I, oh oh man, I would be a course facilitator. Like I would do that kind of stuff, Oh, but it wouldn't make make me money, but I'd do it. Like I would do that type of stuff because I love the book and I bought Emotionally Healthy Woman too, which reinforced everything from a female's perspective. Um, And it kind of has given me a greater balance on doctrine, I guess. Yeah. Doctrine. She's this like pastor's wife that kind of goes rogue. And you're like, oh dang, like she went rogue. Like I'm done. I'm not going. Like, I think I also, 
was starving for her reflections and, and, and also his too, because I don't think by and large evangelical Christianity gets, is honest like that. Yeah. By and large, we're not honest about that type of stuff. I think this is a completely another conversation, so we're going to have to stop. But yes, I, I just think it was very healthy for me to embrace that. And also, it's, I, it kind of came at a great time of me embracing more of my womanhood and my femininity and what I need to do to create a life where I want to be married and also be the, 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 the homemaker of my, like the manager yeah. of my home, which yeah. requires me to develop greater emotional maturity. I'm going to want to bring kids into my family, my life. You're going to be thinking about their emotions too. Yeah. <laughs> like not just do they know God? Am I speaking the Bible? Like it's like all together. It's holistic. Yeah. You know? so sorry, I don't mean to go off on books. We love reading. Yeah. And going off on books, but yeah, no, I so good. So those are my books. Those are my yeah. books that I like. Well, this is great. All right. So the last question, last question of the night, if you can bear with me. Okay. I saw the movie Collateral Beauty and I thought it was lovely. It was a very basic film, basic script. Didn't do well, but it was good thought. And the thought and the premise was that as we endure disappointment, grief, sorrow, tragedy, that there's collateral beauty in it. That's not to say or make a parallel that singleness is all about tragedy, disappointment, grief. But I wanted to ask you, what would you say has been the collateral beauty within your singleness journey that Mm -hmm. you could end this uh, interview off with? Mm. So I don't know about you, but I feel like now that I'm in a relationship there's a beauty of singleness that now I sometimes miss. I love being with the guy that I'm with, but there's moments where I realize that my singleness was a gift because I was able to just get up and go and I could go and spend time with friends and, you know, pour my life into other things. And now once you get on the other side of that and you're in a committed relationship and you're kind of moving and marching out the steps towards marriage, you realize that there is got to be a lot less focusing on you and a lot more focusing on us. And so that pulls, you've got to like, I'm worried about like, did he eat? And you know, did he, you know, you're worried about things that you were just like, girl, we had a piece of chicken and a piece of bacon. We good. You know, and now I'm like, did you eat food? I need to feed you. Like I need to make sure that you're careful. Oh, look at the mother in you coming out. Girl, I'm telling you soft girl, soft and gooey. But yeah, like there's just, you know, these moments of life where I'm just like, man, I didn't have to worry about this, but it's a beauty that you do get to worry about it. But then you also realize that like, you know, that was a beautiful time, but now there's something different, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like there's a, there's an available aspect to being single. That's really nice. That goes away. And then you start to realize you're part of, you're part of a team now. You got to work as a team. Um, and so you're fighting for the goals of the team, not necessarily Sanders goals anymore. Yeah. Um, so anyway, oh, that's precious. I love it. Sanders, yeah. thanks so much for being so giving and generous with your time and with your thoughts. Yeah. I appreciate you taking, you taking up, oh, there was my computer, but I appreciate you just, you know, really diving in with these questions. Um, I love that you just gave so much of your heart and your story. And I, you know, I just love you. I treasure you, I treasure your thoughts and so much like, Thanks for being so open and transparent and honest. Um, even before you read emotionally healthy spirituality, did you read that recently? Yeah, I just read. I actually. Oh, did. so yeah. I feel like you were emotionally healthy before. Like you were honest and just really. But but you know we all have stuff to grow in. Whatever. Oh, exactly. I'm just saying I feel like you were emotionally honest beforehand. <laughs> yeah, I recently read it. It was very good. I 
you know, there's always areas. Like I said, when she just went real on the rogue on the book, I was like, oh dang, like this is. I thought she would have it all together, and you just realize that those those people up there on stage have all the same. Are people? They're They're people. people, and it trickles down. This is the thing. It's a trickle down. It's a trickle down effect. If the leader is doing that, then it's going. It's going to be in the in the in the the tribe. It's going to be in the yeah. sheep. So That's great. It's deep. That was a deep book. Yeah. But I am going to end it here. Um, thank you again. Congratulations on being a doctor, nurse practitioner, and can't wait to hear more of your adventures. Yeah.